you doing out there? Oh, come on. How you doing out there? All right, that's a little bit better. I just want to say uh, well done uh, to those that are receiving an award today. I actually served on a committee with Teresa. She is a, a lovely, lovely lady, and uh, we do hope to get her along the Catalyst sometime just so you can see her face and we can say well done to her. It's interesting I actually sit uh, or share an office at home with Jess and... Uh, every year now I hear Jess make the phone calls to these people that are going to get an award and every year the conversation is the same. It's like, yes, I know you don't want to be recognised. Um, no, we're not going to make you speak. You know, uh, We're not going to make too much of a fuss. But the truth is everybody who's recognised I think is an encouragement uh, to the rest of us and I really appreciate those that are being uh, recognised for getting up here. Again, to uh, Councillor Cheryl Bromage, I think it's a great thing. I really do that uh, a council and a church can work together uh, to just say well done to our community and uh, spur other people on. I do want to say particular thanks to Cheryl for your support of Catalyst uh, in days like this, in behind-the-scenes ways, uh, like we were just talking about just uh, a minute ago, all legal, by the way, but uh, it's just all the ways that Cheryl is uh, such a support to us. And I, I like to say every chance I get, I am a fan of politicians. I think there's something wrong personally, with Australian culture and the way we like to push pollies down. Um, you know, 95% of our cultures always give them less uh, um, salary, you know, take benefits from them. I, I see firsthand how hard 95% of our politicians work. Uh, they get up early in the morning, uh, they, they respond to the emergencies and the mundane that's out there. They're taking phone calls, complaints, issues, and quite honestly, the vast majority of them, of all political persuasions, want to see uh, their communities be a better place. So I think you guys do an incredible job. Can we put our hands together once more for, for Cheryl and just seriously the work that you do. You're amazing. Now I'm going to uh, mention something else that our council has done that's contributed to who we are as a community. I was walking with my dog uh, the last little bit and I noticed as I kept walking past the drains that uh, they had this same little saying uh, or stencil plastered over every single drain. Dump no waste flows to creek. I'll read it the first time. Yep, fair enough. Uh, exactly the same in the next one. Exactly the same in the next one. Now, why do they have to put that on the drain? Well, there's a reason, right? The reason is chemicals and pollution and junk and all the, the rest of the stuff that, if it gets poured into our creeks, is going to uh, wreck our waterways, is going to kill our wildlife. Um, and why did that happen? Well, it happened because of this. I don't even know when drains were invented and when the whole system came into being, but whenever it was, a hundred years ago or, or thereabouts, uh, this is what honestly happened. Some guy got up on a Saturday morning and he'd just uh, done his car and he'd fixed something up and he had a whole stack of oil and he looked around and quite honestly he went great they've made a drain for me right I can get rid of that it's not going to matter just a little bit of oil and he's tipped it down dip, tipped it down the sink and um, down the down the drain and maybe a street away there was a little old lady who'd just done a washing and for some reason she's out in the front yard but she's got all the detergent out there she's like you know what I'm just tipping that down the drain and she does that and two doors down there's a guy and he's got a 
pile of plutonium or something like that. <laughs> and um, scientist, who knows, sticks it down the drain. And of course, what this tells us is that their little bit actually did matter. That's what the whole point of what's plastered on these drains is all about. Your part matters. That's the actual message that we're trying to get through to everybody today. Your part matters. It's why whenever there's a new building estate, you'll actually see Cheryl with a stencil right in front of, on top of every drain, right? There you go. See, Cheryl's showing us how she does it every single time. I, I think sometimes, Cheryl, I see you lurking around my street as well, just making sure I'm not tipping anything down the drain. Our part matters is what I'm trying to say here. Uh, it's incredibly important. One does matter. Here's another little example. Uh, everybody or most of us have got one of these, a smartphone of some description. It's incredible the pictures and the quality and the character that you can get out of these smartphones. Do you know that on this smartphone here, it's, it makes a beautiful picture, but it's made up of dots, right? Somebody tell me what those little dots are called. Pixels. Very good. Now, if you've got, I found this really interesting, an iPhone 4. Anybody here got an iPhone 4 still? Anybody? And, oh yes, iPhone 4. Yes, there's another. We, you guys could start a club. So 2010, the iPhone 4. Do you know how many pixels are in the iPhone 4? 614,000 pixels are in your screen. Now, interestingly, the bigger and more detailed the picture, the smaller and the greater number of pixels that are required. So they only get better. iPhone 5s, put your hand up. iPhone 5, so 2012 iPhone 5s. You have 727,000 pixels on your screen. Pretty impressive. This is a 6. Hands up, 6s. Who's got a 6? Yes, very good. So 2016. Um, guess how many pixels? Somebody want to have a guess? One million pixels are in the screen. One million. And the clarity is getting more and more and more. And my point to this is, where are those pixels, right? Every single one of those dots is important. Every single one of those little individual um, pixels is part of a bigger story and um, today we're hearing some great stories we're, we're listening to some of the dots that are doing incredible things some serving our deaf community um, Teresa I've as I've already said I've served with Teresa she's worked particularly hard in not-for-profit kindy sector um, some people just loving people and giving flowers and, and, and blessing people and doing that for years and years and years and we celebrate those people here today. These people are doing their part of the story, their little dot, their little pixel. They're shining like God's asked them to shine. They are ordinary heroes and every single one of their stories matters. The part that they play is important to the world. But this is a church today, like every week, and uh, I just want us to expand our thinking a little bit and just get a bit of a picture from the scripture about what God thinks about the part we play in the story that's being made. See, those pixels, those dots, they are important in their own right, but they're not the whole story. Um, 
I think there's more to the story. Have you ever considered that every one of those pictures are created by a master artist who's doing something amazing in this world, who's creating something with the little bit that we have to offer that goes together to tell a whole much bigger story. I'd say it like this, I believe Jesus Christ wants to present to the world a picture of God and he uses us as the dots. The Bible actually calls us to see ourselves a little bit different. Because if we're honest, here's the problem. Sometimes we want to be the picture, right? Sometimes we want to be the picture. Sometimes we want to be the whole story. We say, I don't want to be a dot. I don't want to be a pixel. I want the story to be about me. I want to be the star. I want to be the whole point of the whole thing. And because of that, sometimes some of us mess it up. And we sign out of the whole process. Some of us say, I don't like the role that I've got to play. I don't like the colour that I am. So we strive and we work to cause ourselves to be something different that we're not actually asked to play. Some of us actually come from a position of fear. It's sort of an interesting thought. We think I might fail in my role that I've been asked to play. So I'm signing out of the whole thing. And of course, some of us say, I'm not prominent enough. So we push for a, another position and some of us say, I don't see how my little part could make any difference. But here's an observation. I don't know if you've seen this happen, but when you see a pixel not working on a screen, it stands out. It looks something like this. It was interesting. I did a Google search on this exact topic and there's countless pictures of people expressing their frustration about one pixel being out of place, right? Not working. And interestingly, when you see that pixel, your eye is drawn to it because it's not playing the part that it's meant to play. Where is everybody looking right now? On that one little dot, right, that's not doing the role that it was meant to do. I think this one is probably my favourite, just the frustration in this guy. Dead pixels in three weeks and you can see he's circled it and he's pointing to it. You will notice, of course, that that's a Samsung Galaxy. Uh, it's not an iPhone, so I'm just saying, you know, he was asking for trouble, wasn't he, right from the beginning. My point, every pixel plays its part. Now, there's a scripture verse that really reinforces this, Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. You know, Jesus calls us to be worshippers. He calls us to change our thinking and understand that the story that's being told is not ultimately about us, but it's about him. It's what he is doing in this world. And I think, honestly, when you start to understand that, it's liberating. Because suddenly you can just play your role in the way that God has asked you to play it. Because we see ourselves as just little dots. We take our focus and the strain off ourselves about having to be the whole picture. So guy in scripture, John the Baptist, many of you will know about him but he said this beautiful statement he said I must decrease and he must increase 
how does he get the power and the ability to say that statement? I must decrease and he must increase. You know what John isn't saying there? He's not saying I'm worthless. He's not saying I'm insignificant, that I'm nothing, that I don't matter. He's saying I know where I fit in the grand scheme of things. I know the one that does matter and I'm willing to play my role. Now John actually did some pretty significant things. If you were looking at this story, you'd say, man, he was a shining light. But I'll tell you something else. John ended his life by being beheaded. He had his head chopped off. And I'm not saying for a second that John enjoyed that moment. But honestly, I think John would say to us, even here today, I understood my part. And I was glad to be a worshipper. I was glad to point to the one who the story was all about. He understood that his part didn't matter, but it didn't matter whether it was prominent or not, whether he failed or not, or whether he was significant or not. He was willing to play his part. And I do want to say, friends, your part matters. What is it that God has asked you to do? Because your part matters. I say it particularly to those receiving an award today. And just by the way, there was three different sets of people in the first service. But to all of us, really, I want us to understand that your part matters. I don't know for some of us, maybe many of us, that will ever fully understand on this side of eternity how much your part mattered, what your part contributed to the beautiful artwork that God was creating. You might have been a little pixel on the side of the screen or you might be that shining dot right there in the middle, but your part matters. To really understand this though, to really take it to the next level, you've got to understand that it isn't about you. These two things might sound contradictory. Your part matters, but it's not about you. This is how I believe we take it to the next level to where God is calling us to do. And that's not the way our culture calls us forward. Our culture, if we're really honest, says make sure it's about you. Make sure you shine. Make sure that everybody's eyes are drawn to you. So I just want to talk in really only a few minutes that I've got left on how we change our perspective. How do we change the perspective to my part matters, but it's not about me? Well, I believe we get to do that when we understand the role that Jesus played in the big story. Have a look at this picture here. I always find this picture fascinating. Some of you will recognise it straight off. This is the furthest picture ever taken of Earth. And uh, that bright dot right there, that's actually our sun. And underneath it is our Earth. In the context of what we're talking about today, what does our earth remind you of? Anybody want to have a, a guess? A pixel. You know, in the scheme of things, when you really look at that and the grand design, the scheme of things, we're that dot, right? That is our world. We are a dot. In fact, you pull away further, you can't even see that dot. Now, when you zoom in on this pixel, there's some great things to see. 
this world has got some beautiful things to talk about. We're talking about a couple of them here today, but there's a lot of sadness and distress also in this world. And here's the truth. If you're thinking about it in the context of God, most of the dots that make up that pixel there have turned their back on God. They've said, I don't really want to have anything to do with you. Yet in that most famous of scriptures in John 3.16, the scripture says God so loved the world and you know for today we could say God so loved that dot you know God so loved that pixel that he gave his son that if you believe in him you have eternal life you know God loved that dot right there we mattered to God that little dot right there on the screen and just to take the thought a little bit further, that picture was actually taken fairly recently. So technically this is true, that is a picture of you. You are actually in that picture right there. That dot is made up of billions of dots and one of them is you. And of course, as we start to unpack the story of Jesus, we find out that you mattered to him. On our own, we're destined to a life of separation from that maker, from that creator of the universe. And it's our own doing because of our rejection of him, destined honestly to receive the anger and judgment of God. It's deep trouble. But Jesus enters the story and Jesus plays his part and God sends his son and he pays a price. Tell me, what do you think that's a picture of? Have a guess. A potato? Someone else? Dust? Could be. Another one? A planet? I've heard meteorite. Well, that actually isn't a potato. It's a picture of a potato. Now, why do I say that? Because it's actually important, it, it is actually a picture of a potato, but there's an interesting story about this picture of this potato, and it's actually this actual picture. If I was going to sell you that picture, if I said I could sell you that picture right now, just put your hand up if you'd pay $1,000 for that picture, quite honestly. There's a yes down the front row, I'll, I'll see you later on, Michael. <laughs> what about $100? I mean, you probably wouldn't do that. It's a picture of a potato. Here's a truth. That picture of that potato sold in 2015 for $1.1 million. $1.1 million that picture of that potato sold for. Now, everybody is asking one question right now. What is it? Why? Why would you pay $1.1 million for that picture of that potato? I searched this one up. I'll tell you this. You don't find a good answer except for this, that there was a buyer willing to pay the price. I mean, that's honestly the answer. There was somebody willing to pay $1.1 million. What am I saying? What am I getting at here? We are a little bit like that potato, right? 
Uh, that, that potato is a little bit like us. But God emptied the coffers of heaven to pay for us and pay at a price. And what was that price? That price was his son, Jesus Christ. Now, honestly, as you start to try and work out the cost, it's an infinite cost. The cost is outrageous that he paid for us. That brutal death on a cross. And of course, there's the rising again, there's the defeating of death, but also undeserved. But all because of love for you. And see, that story starts to change things in us. That story is why I believe John the Baptist can get before all of us and say, I must decrease that, he must increase. And truth is, millions of others have said those words since. Because they have become enraptured in that story. And Jesus Christ paid an infinite price to buy us back. And that changes things. Suddenly we want to become worshippers of him. It's a great scripture. 2 Corinthians 5 says he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. You understand that scripture? You understand how all of a sudden you don't have to be the star, but you can make him the star. That You can be that little pixel on the side of the screen. It doesn't matter if you're the dark one or you're the one that's shining brightly. At the end of the day, you say, I'm a worshipper. I'm happy to do whatever he calls me to do. So, catalyst, we've got to get over ourselves sometimes. We've got to get over our own importance. I heartily, and I really mean it, there is a place for saying well done. And we say well done to everybody who received an award here today. Uh, I say well done and thank you for playing your part in the picture that is Ipswich. Thanks for what you've done. Thanks for being a dot in the story. But for all of us, let's look at things a little bit differently. Let's go wholeheartedly. Let's play the part that we're meant to play. Let's do it with every little bit of effort that we can. But at the end of the day, let's realise that we're worshipping somebody that goes far beyond who we are, that deserves our worship. That he is creating a story that is so beautiful and we are part of that story here today. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you again for just that reminder of your love which is personified in the person of Jesus Christ that you change us because of him that we're rescued because of him that we have a chance at life because of him and when we just start to think about it that love and what it cost God it's got to change our heart and I pray today and I guess a lot of us would put a hand up and we'd repent we'd say sorry for making it about us and help us make it again about you help us just to play our part and God I pray that you continue to do the beautiful work that you're doing here in our city that you continue to play a beautiful beautiful picture 
but that every single one of us would just say, hey, what's my role? I'll do my bit. But it is about you. I do also pray a blessing, God, on those that are receiving just a pat on the back today. I pray that you be an encouragement and a support to them as they continue on and, of course, that they would continue on in that vibrant relationship with you. And we thank you for speaking to us here today. Amen. Amen. We're going to sing a song now. It's really sort of a summary, I think, uh, song of everything that we've been talking about.